Hey, what's up, y'all? This is John King, and you're watching The Livio Show. How did she do it? Do it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Livio Show. Today, we're welcoming a guest who is a fellow Georgia native and also has his brand new album out now called Always Gonna Be You. Um, he's been featured on the NFL and he's a Georgia Dogs fan. And we're going to talk about that interview as well. Welcome, John King, to the Livio Show. How are you? Thank you for having me, Livio. This is awesome. And uh, we were just catching up before the show, but I didn't know that you were a Georgia native yourself. So always a pleasure to talk yeah. with a fellow Georgian. <laughs> of course. I mean, it's a culture. It's a thing. And um, I have a little prop here that is yeah. actually, it's been sitting here forever, but I mean, maybe it was for this interview specifically. Um, yes. I've loved listening through your album and seeing all of the different songwriter credits um, and just like the time that you took to to put into the writing of each of these songs to reflect where you're from and and your family. So share a little bit more about the inspiration of Always Gonna Be You and what, what it means to you. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, like you said, it's a, it's a big piece of me and kind of my, my background, where I'm from. Um, and, you know, and kind of a, a little bit of a look into my life, like as a family man, you know, as a husband, as a father. So it's definitely the most personal piece of work I've ever put out. Um, and I think that's what's made it most special to me. I mean, I've released a lot of songs, you know, over the past few years, but um, I don't know if I've ever released anything quite as personal. Um, and, you know, my goal with this whole album was to really tell a story, to tell my story, like from top down. Um, I grew up like a fan of listening to records. I guess my dad kind of raised me old, old school in that way where I would listen to like an album completely from song one to the end, like even through the bad ones, you know, um, just, you know, <laughs> just get through it, you know? Yes. No, I get that. And that's funny that you say that. Cause I don't think anyone talks about that. I'm like, we're going to listen to that one song. We don't really like that much because the artist put it on here for a reason. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, it's funny how songs will grow on you too. And when you listen to mm -hmm. something that's like a body of work, it's, it fits in there. It's like a puzzle piece. Right. And without it, um, I don't know if you always get what the artist is trying to say. So for me, I really wanted to be conscious about putting together like a full length album that had a message that had a story for my fans um, and told my story uh, because I've never really done that yet. You know, I've, I've put songs out that have been true to me, but I've never really gotten to like chronologically tell my story, like from growing up, you know, in small town, Georgia to meeting my wife, like high school sweethearts going to Georgia, like going into this relationship, you know, moving to Nashville, taking this big step together and all the way up to get married and having our baby girl. Like, so it was really fun to kind of like open uh, the window up, uh, you know, to myself a little bit and let people see inside. And um, but, you know, it's also like very vulnerable situation to be in, because, as you know, it's like you're kind of putting yourself out there um, for better or worse. But so far, it's been nothing but like positive feedback. And um, I'm really glad and, and really happy with how the project turned out. Well, you should be. And I have to make mention of what you're just talking about, of kind of like going back in time and like reliving these experiences. You do sense that nostalgic 
vibe on this record, which I think is really cool without, um, without knowing much. If you, if you, you know, for someone, if they're listening to it for the first time, you can hear that in the melody, which I think is really cool. The song Try Saying Goodbye is one of my favorites. Um, such a great groove to it. And I love the, the story of how it was written um, with, with your writers. It just kind of exemplifies what it means to go into a writing session and actually connect with your writers on a personal level and then just let a song come to be in that moment. Yeah. I mean, that one to me, I always say like to me, that song kind of changed my whole perspective on what I wanted to say as a, as an artist. Um, because up until I'd put that song out, I'd released a lot of songs, but nothing that was quite as just cold, hard truth, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And that song is about a tough situation. It's about losing somebody you love, you know, in a relationship. And I think we've all been there at some point or the other. Um, and for me, it was like, that was such a true right because when we were having that discussion before we started writing the song, uh, one of our co-writers, Jamie Pollan, he had been in a similar situation and he just said that line very organically. He was like, man, if you think saying sorry is hard, try saying goodbye. And it was like, dang, that, that's like so true how pride can get in the way, how we can let, you know, things interfere with what's most important, which is the people around us that we really love. And um, so, yeah, that was uh, that song really opened my eyes to the fact that like, man, Fans, country fans especially, just want to hear honest music, you know, for better or worse, sad song, happy song, party song, whatever it is, like just honest music. And you don't have to always like sugarcoat things. You don't always have yep. to fit into some kind of formula for, you know, whatever it might be. It's just put yourself out there and say what you're trying to say. And so that song opened my eyes to that and, and was really an inspiration for this whole record. Like that was what I, I shot for on every song, even though, you know, obviously better man and other songs mm -hmm. are way different than try saying goodbye. I just wanted to really be honest and try not to overthink it too much. Talk about easy and, and all I can do. All I can do is most recent. And yeah. I freaking love that song. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank it's, you. I, I, it's so you have, this album is just easy listening to me. And that's, that's always like, okay, I can like, I can remember this. Like I'll, I'll remember to go and find like what song to listen to what I need like that easy listening. Good. So. That's, I mean, to me, uh, I, I try not to make it rocket science. Like, man, I'm just, I'm a fan mm -hmm. of good songs. Like I grew up loving just songs that feel good to put on the radio when you're in your car. Um, and I wanted every song to like, whether it was like an emotional song, like till it changes your mind or just a fun one, like easier, like you said, all I can do, like, I just wanted it to feel good to the listener and, and be something that people could have like a little three minute escape, you know, <laughs> when they're yeah. listening to it. <laughs> Um, I think that's what we kind of all need. I mean, in today's world, like we have enough stuff going on around us, like our songs are just a way to kind of get away for a second. So I always try to keep that in mind, like when I'm writing, when I'm putting stuff out, but yeah, easy is one of my favorites. Like that one's been out for, you know, a couple of years now, but I really wanted to include it in this album because I just felt like it fit in there. Like we talked about putting like this puzzle together. That's what it was like mm -hmm. in order to tell the story properly. Like I kind of had to have that song in there about, like that first time romance, like, you know, meeting my wife, like it was like that exciting stage of, you know, getting to know each other. And Easy is just a fun song. The fans have reacted so well to that one. Um, it's it's just fun to sing along to. It's fun to sing live. Like I love singing that one live. But um, and then all I can do is just kind of like your windows down in the car, like feel mm -hmm. good. Fall. It's 70 degrees in Nashville. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's like this in Nashville. Like one day we wake up, like it's going to be warm. And then you walk outside and you're like, no, it's not. And then it's always the opposite. So we never, you never know what we're going to get over here. You never know, man. Yeah. The, the weather, you just never know up here. But yeah, like today I'm looking out, it's just beautiful. And it's, it's an all I can do kind of song day. And 
Um, it's, it's really interesting to me. Like it's funny as a songwriter too, you get influenced by things like that. I don't think you really realize that when you're writing, it can be something as simple as just like how you're feeling that day on the ride in to a ride. And like, it can put you in a mood. And that's that day we wrote all I can do. It was just a beautiful day. And I thought, let's just write a windows down song, you know? <laughs> Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Are there any songs from any other artists that you're a huge fan of that ha has inspired you to keep this, um, keep this trait a part of a part of your writing as well. The easy listening, not making it too complicated type of storytelling. I mean, yeah, as a Georgia boy, you know, growing up, I was, I was a really big fan of Alan Jackson. I think he's kind of like one of the best examples of a country artist that like, he always says something in his song, but at the same time, you also want to sing along to those songs and they just feel good. You know, like, um, I think about how deep of a songwriter he can be an artist songwriter, you know, he, he wrote drive, which is like amazing, you know, now having a daughter, like a song like that. Um, but also he can do like, it's five o'clock somewhere and make you just like want to sing along. So to me as an artist, like uh -huh. I like the ability to be able to like expand, you know, and do both worlds. I, I mean, even like Eric church, like look at Eric church. He's, yes. he's been a huge influence to me. I mean, he can do a song, you know, he can do a song that's super, super deep and, makes you think, but then he can do drink in my hand. And it's like, okay, well, he, you know, I, I think it's really important to be able to kind of uh, ride both sides of the line as an artist. Absolutely. One quick story about the song drive. So how, how old are you? So I'm 32. Yeah. So, okay. So you were like, you, we were around the same age when that song came out. So yeah. my, my parents live in the middle of nowhere, like South Augusta. And my yeah. dad used to take us on, rides in his in his green chevy which he doesn't have anymore he had it for like almost oh. since last year so it would take awesome. us around his take us around our property and we would listen to alan jackson so like that just brought back a memory for me as a kid listening to 90s alan oh so i know yeah i mean and I, you know i'm a i'm a child of the 90s so it was you know it was alan it was george Strait, it was garth brooks i mean those were really the influences to me that made me want to become a country artist but then as i got older um, you know, Eric Church came on the scene, like when I was in high school, it was like Aldine and Eric Church started kind of coming onto the scene and Luke Bryan and like these guys were opening it up a little bit more to like be not just straight country, like you could have rock influence, you could have some pop influence. And I'd grown up loving like all genres and just loving good music. So it was cool to see that, like the genre sort of start to like expand, you know, um, and then now it's, mm -hmm. it's just, it's an exciting time, I think for country music, because like, it's just, it's so wide range and there's something for everybody. And yeah. I love that. I think it's a great thing. Absolutely. And you've got a lot of writers on here. We got to make mention and tribute to got obviously Paul D. Giovanni who produced mm -hmm. the album. And then you've got Matt Rogers, Jason Dant, you're a writer. And Justin Wilson is also one of your fellow co-writers. One for Randy Hauser. We went. So how does it yeah. feel to be a songwriter and then, you know, write for other artists, but then have that community for your own project? It's well? fun, man. I mean, you know, people ask me sometimes if I, you know, like being a songwriter or an artist better, or if there's any kind of, if it's tough to give up songs for me, it's like, um, I'm kind of just an artist writer. I always have been like, I see it as one and the same. And you can't put out every song you write. Like, we, you know, we yeah. write hundreds of songs a year. And sometimes there's those songs like we went when we wrote that one, like we just knew that was for Randy. Like we just had this feeling that um, that that song would sound great with him singing it. Um, and it wasn't necessarily something I would say. And it sounded something like Randy would. So 
sometimes uh-huh. a song just kind of finds its way to the right artist. And um, it's been fun to watch that process. But um, I, I really haven't had too many situations where it's been like, man, I want to put that song out. But so-and-so does too. Like I'm lucky where I haven't had to have to have to cross that bridge yet. But like with this album, with these songs, like I knew every single song here uh, was a song that I wanted for myself. Like I just felt like it was so personal and so me that I needed to put it out myself. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's also, it's such an honor. Like when an artist puts out a song that I write or that I'm a part of, because I know how competitive this town is, how many great songwriters there are. And man, like there are, thousands of great songs being written every day so to be um you know to have an artist with enough confidence to put something out you write is is huge to me absolutely and and speaking of which you also wrote um hootie and the blowfish's comeback song in 2019 rolling what was it like you know contributing your your writing skills to a different genre and especially a band that also performed at the masters um concert a couple different times per year too. So. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, that was bucket list for me because I grew up like, you know, I kind of caught the tail end. Like I remember my mom taking me to one of my first concerts ever was a Hooting the Blowfish concert, like in uh, Greenville, South Carolina when I was a kid. And um, so to think that like, you know, 25 years later, I would be writing a song or, you know, 20 something years later, I'd be writing a song with these guys I'd grown up looking up mm-hmm. to like were legends you know, hooting the, it was nuts. I remember when I got that call, I was writing in to, I had a, another write schedule that day in the last minute. My publisher at Sony calls me and was like, hey, like, do you want to write with Hooting the Blowfish today? And I was kind of like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> but like, uh, I, I had no idea they were putting out a country, you know, project or that they were um, even doing something like that. So it was really cool to walk into that room and meet these guys and be like very nervous, but at the same time, um, they were so humble and so down to the, down to earth. And we wrote this song called Roland and they were like, man, this, we really like it. And then sure enough, you know, a couple months later, we find out it's coming out in their album. So yeah, it was, it was really cool, man. Full circle moment for me, but um, it's, you know, there's, there's certain moments like that that you just like highlight and you're like, man, those are the moments that like between like that and like you're, you know, for me, like grand old Opry debut, like those are like the ones that will mm-hmm. always stand up tall on the list for me, you know? Is there something specific about your Grand Ole Opry debut that you remember that has that was special Ooh. to you that was like unique about your own experience with it? I've never been so nervous. I remember that. Um, <laughs> I literally thought that I was going to faint, and I have played thousands of shows, and like I don't really get stage fright. I don't get nervous anymore. I did like when I was a kid, you know, when I was first starting yeah. out. Man, I went right back to being like 12 years old again, like thinking that my knees are going to buckle and I'm not going to be able to go out there. <laughs> but um, I was uh, I was standing side stage and, uh, you know, Vince Gill had just played. Like, how do you even know? Like, I can't walk how? out. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. Uh, but they, you know, they introduced me and they were really kind. And like half of my hometown in Georgia had drove up to this show, you know, to see the Grand Ole Opry show, the debut. So when they called my name, it was just like this big roar. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, OK, now I feel better. You know, take a deep breath. And I went out there and sang, you know, a couple songs and it went really well. But like, honestly, I don't really remember it. Like, I, I felt like I was watching myself from above, like outer body experience. Like it was probably because I was like didn't have enough oxygen in my brain or something. <laughs> it went well. Thing uh, like, it sounds like it went well. I mean, that's, that's so awesome. And I mean, like in those moments you have to be like, I just have to breathe, just breathe. Oh, 
you know. It was nuts, and it and it didn't really get better the second time I played it either. It's just it's just one of those places that you play, and it's a man when you step into that circle and you think about you know Johnny Cash and Dolly Parton and like these absolute mm-hmm. legends that stood there. It's just there's something different to it, but um, but yeah, it's it's amazing and such an honor every time I get to play that venue. I think it's also too, it's one of those things that you've had in the back of your mind for so long that yeah. you're anticipating and then it actually happens and you're like, wait, this is for real now. And I like have to be for real about it, <laughs> you know? So, well, I'm, yeah. I'm super um, happy for you and congratulations on the release. Uh, you're going to be mm-hmm. opening for Blake Shelton and Darius Rucker himself um, to come. So talk about, talk about that and maybe some other things you're looking forward to about playing this album live. Yeah, I'm really excited, man. I mean, we, you know, we just put this album out a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, as you know, like in the fall, this summer, we were playing a ton of shows. Um, you know, the fall kind of gets our shows are more staggered, you know. Um, but I'm excited to start touring again in 2022 and like really fire it up and play all these songs live. And um, to me, like that's always the ultimate test, right? Of like, you think you love a song, but when you see it live and you see people singing a song back to you, that's when you really know, like that's when the feeling is yeah. like so... Um, above and beyond what you could ever imagine. I remember playing Try Saying Goodbye for the first time live and like people just singing every word. It's just the, it's the best feeling. Like as an artist, like to me, that's the pinnacle. Like when your fans mm-hmm. love a song enough to sing, come to your show, pay a hard you know, ticket price and then sing those songs back like is insane. So yeah, I can't wait uh, for next, for next year to be touring. Uh, we still have a few dates left this year, but um, yeah, it's, there's nothing better than seeing those songs live on stage. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be even better live. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, my last question for you, food or drink that you have to have on the road when you're traveling? Mm, a food or drink that I have to have on the road? You know, like probably something that I eat way too much of on the road, but I absolutely love it is beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm like that guy. Which you can get anywhere. (laughs) I know you can get it everywhere. You know, it's yeah, it's like ten dollars for a bag that's like this big, but it's like, oh my gosh, beef jerky's so good. I eat way too much of it on the road, but um, you know, you got to splurge a little. (laughs) You got to, you got to treat yourself for working so hard. Well, um, I am, I'm so excited you got to come on the show today, and shout out to your crew that's going to be with you. And just all this, all the things ahead, the good things ahead for you. For sure. We'll, we'll get down to Georgia and do a show in Augusta sometime. We'll hit the country club up together. <laughs> or the uh, Imperial Theater. That's right. Yes. Augusta's yeah. nice now, man. I would love that. But Georgia's still, man, like it's one of those places we hit, you know, three, four times a year um, and try to get down there. The fans are just so loyal and, and great there. But yeah, I would love that. Until then, though, go dogs, go Braves. <laughs> Shout out to them all. They're doing great. Like we said before, they're doing great this season. So yes. thank you. Well, thank you so much, Sean. Yes. Hope you have a great rest of your week. You too. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. It's the Livio Show. It's the Livio Show.